Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Hi everybody, welcome to Amigas. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to be talking about covert action. Mm. Aaron, when was the last time you were into some covert action? Man, I'm doing covert stuff all the time, Boat. I want to hear a story from your Lexington days where you got down to some covert action. Well, let's see. You know, remember when phone freaking was a thing? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I was a child, so well, I know what it is. When I moved to Lexington, it was still a, sort of on the cusp of being a thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what that meant? You had to get into some dumpsters. Yeah. And that meant you'd no, have to... I, why? Well, that's where the good, juicy phone-freaking data was. You could get it to infiltrate the phone company's elaborate systems. In the dumpsters? Oh, yeah, absolutely. In the dumpsters where? Like the A&P? No, at the, behind AT&T, something oh, like that. Oh, okay. Not just any well, old dumpster. <laughs> We think you're just going like that on the Wendy's. I'm a freaker now. I've got to do this, guys. I'm sorry. Man, you got to get these old, you got to get these old cups and fry packages so I can get. You're nuts. So see, this is your your distance between our ages. So anyway, I would occasionally covertly sneak down the line. You wait till they close, of course. You get your car pulled somewhere not too close, and then that's when you st- the covert starts coming in. You mm-hmm. kick, and you sneak up, you know, like Elmer Fudd <laughs> style. <laughs> and then <laughs> you you hope to you hope that no one in there is, uses some needle drugs. You would never do this now. No. And then you Too hop and you drugs. would just jump up in the dumpster in it. Yeah. Old school. All up in it. And then that's when you start grabbing handfuls of documents, folders, and stuff. And you get you, and usually you find a box in there, maybe a couple boxes. Pile the boxes up. If you've got a buddy stupid enough to come with you, hand him the box of the little dumpster hole. Some dumpsters don't have a hole. And eventually they got wise and they started locking the dumpsters mm, yeah. with a padlock. Yeah. That part was that around here sometimes. Because then you had to break stuff and then, you know. Man, eh, you're entering a new zone. When you're that's real breaks. covert. Yeah. You know, now that's I had a, overt. I had a buddy that could pick locks, mm-hmm. you know, and we, he was good. But we, I, he wasn't talked into coming with me to a dumpster to pick one. He wasn't seeing the uh, purpose of that. What, were, what would you say the apex of your freaking days was? The apex was I never had any because, you know, it's the thought of being able to be a big time. You ever seen hackers in the movie? In the movies, hackers when they get on the keyboard, they're like they're, the screen. They're flying through space. Sure, yeah. There's hot chicks everywhere, you know, and they're like, and their eyes are glowing. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm in, yeah, you know. Yeah. In in real life, you're at a dumpster at 2 a.m. You go home and you stink and you feel like an idiot. And then when you look at the papers you picked up, they're all talking about Mary's birthday party. It's got the schedule for the next week. When they're coming to clean the carpets. You know, oh, there's someone's old Danish is in the files. You know what I mean? Not, not as, there's no space. There's no jacket. There's nothing. It's disgusting. Did you ever get one of those those uh, blue boxes? The famous. Listen, you know. when I w- again, I would download these documents off BBS that mm-hmm. told you how to build this stuff. Mm-hmm. But they were, I mean, listen, they told you a lot of crazy stuff. Then like the work. time machine and pulling dynamite. That sort there's of. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, like so we had the anarchist cookbook. We tried a bunch of different stuff in there. Sometimes that stuff would work. Sometimes it wouldn't work. Now, I know people, I know Flack did some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
My, I knew guys that were much more adept doing than me. I was literally as low in the rung of that. I mean, I was the dumpster guy. I was your Say role. no more. That's sort of what my role in life. Continues <laughs> to this day. That's my new nickname, dumpster guy. How's that for covert? It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Aaron, let's talk about what's been going on this week in everythingamiga.com, a.k.a. Dreamcatcher Playground. The DK, he snuck, uh, he got one in just over the wire from last week, and we're going to talk about it here. And uh, this is basically a little a little ditty uh, about the great Guiana sisters. Now, we covered this game, God, way back, wasn't it? It's I been a while. can't remember. And this is, uh, uh, of course, this game is highly... Uh, uh, thought of and, and fondly regarded as the uh, the you know PC equivalent of Mario from yeah. back in the day. Yeah. This is what you said when your friend got a Nintendo. You say, well, I've got Guiana. I don't need anything else. Yeah. I mean, I, the first time I heard about this was actually not on the Amiga. It was on the, I think it was on the C64. Uh, and I was, I remember seeing this on the Amiga and I was like, this, uh, this blows. I don't know. I, I, I mean, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. You know. Well, you know, some things that you could get away with on the 8-bit platforms really started to show their age when you get yeah. to 16. And as D- DK goes into it, there's a, there were a lot of uh, homages to the Mario uh, games. But, I mean, uh, I can't think of any that I, where, where I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, you could put bricks and question boxes in your game, but let's face facts. That's not gonna get the. That's not gonna feed the bulldog. No. You gotta have a, some level design mm-hmm. and some, some and come up with something, you know. Yeah. So, eh. But anyway, it's dream. It's dream catching. You know, it's solid gold money. Now, you know, we're we're gonna do the Coco Show later on. But I want to ask you, did the what was the Mario equivalent on the Coco? You know, the, I think the Coco was around way way back. Sure. So, I mean, it, I don't. I, I, as I sit back and think about it, I can't recall uh, anything like that on the mm-hmm. on the uh, on the Coco. I don't know if the Coco could handle scaling or scrolling. Not to this degree. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. So have to stick to the Amiga if you want some Guiana awesomeness. Now, I will say the sequels to this, the mm-hmm. Twisted Dreams, I really enjoyed those, actually. I mean, and when I say sequel, they just basically took the, the sisters and stuck them in some cool newer game that actually was unique and interesting. I hey, liked it. That's that's the way to do it. So if you, uh, if you uh, get a chance, I know I got mine on Steam, but I know you can get them super cheap if you look. And I think there's even a newer one that I haven't played yet. So those are the ones I like. They have zero to do with the old one, but still, they're, I think they're fun. Let's talk about what's been going on this week, Aaron, in Amiga News. Um, this week, there's been a lot of things going on. I've been combing the interwebs far and wide oh, for, man. for new Amiga stuff. I start things off with our boy, Ravi. <laughs> I watched some of this live. Yeah, so Ravi has been... He, this is the first thing that I remember seeing from him live on Facebook. Okay, so yeah, that's what I watched. Yeah, <laughs> and so uh, Ravi is mixing up some Amiga tunes with his dual twelve hundreds. Do you know anything about how to do this? Are you kidding me? Did you hear my song from Amigathon? <laughs> Once I turn the thing on and actually hook the speakers, that's the, the end of my limitations. You know, I know a little bit about music, but there is no, in the Venn diagram of like DJing and music. Yeah. It seems like there's no point of convergence I can think of because the Ravi he's he's making awesome happen by twisting knobs and pressing keys. There's things, there's sequencers that are flying by. There's dual sequencers. Here's what I I can I can say I I know just enough about this to be dangerous. Here's my guess, and we have to talk to Ravi sometime. It's time for another a repeat. You need to get him back on, but. 
you've got the two. You get two Amigas. And they're running a, like a Med or Octomed uh -huh. or whatever. Or I mean, they could be running some kind of special DJ stuff. But what he's doing is with the mixer, he's flipping. He's sort of uh, lowering the volume on one and raising on the other one. And then when he's hitting the buttons on there, I think what he, he could he could activate on the old one I, that I use. You could activate samples. With See the one how I he's have. slamming that switch back and forth on the bottom. What, what does that mean? Well, listen, do I look like a DJ? To you were explaining the process. That's I'm, I'm, listen. That's the ex again. I'm just this is all guesswork. I mean, mm -hmm. Ravi, look at him. Yeah. When you got the headphones, a soccer the team shirt. Yeah. The you're important ready thing is that you have a killer set of cam. And well, a nice head bob. <laughs> I think he's got a Vectrix poster behind him. I remember yeah, looking does. at that and being like, "Oh yeah, Vectrix is like the uh, that's a that's the DJ's uh, machine right there." It's so trippy. Yeah, it cool. is. Yeah. yeah, it is. All right, Aaron. Up next, we've heard about. Have you heard of Banjo Guy Ollie before? I have. Okay. I've actually seen. He's a YouTube guy that does banjo covers. Right. right yeah. Right. He does a lot of Amiga stuff. This is a guy that is playing an instrument that I'd never seen before. It's some sort of exotic guitar. And uh, as we uh, <laughs> negotiate past this, this Whatever it is, it smells <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, it's called Cytec Tabor, the Freeman theme. Uh, maybe Cytec Tabor is the guy. No, the guy is Banjo Gaiali. Okay, but the, look at this thing. Hold on a second. I'm gonna, I'm gonna scrub through here. There are some, this is this thing I'm talking about. Oh, this is from Dune. Is that what yeah, that's this is? Yeah, this is a team. Look at that thing. That's like some kind of killer mandolin. Uh, 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 you got that thing, the little finger? That's finger a mandolin with M-A-N capitalized yeah, and then bold. Yeah, mandolin. Oh, he's got everything. So th this is, yeah, this is a fully fleshed out multi-instrument production uh, from uh, Dune 2, a game that uh, I don't believe that we've played yet. We've just played Dune 1, right? Or maybe this is from Dune 1. This is Dune 1. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I know. We never played that. Stuff, yeah, yeah, because that was... I've never been so nervous going into a podcast. You're I'm never. Kidding, I mean, I was like, my God, there's so much to this, and we're just going to look like morons. And so, and mission accomplished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. So, anyway, this is Banjo Gaiali's page, uh, but he is playing, there's a variety of instruments, not just the banjo. Being is he playing here. all this stuff, accordion, I flute, think he's doing everything? It all. He, is a, he is a polyglot, except. Well, I wouldn't instruments. call him that in public. Well, you know, everyone's got their faults. Mm. Let's go on, Aaron, to Saku 2019. We'll go on. Saku? Saku, man. I like that, but it probably served at room temperature, if you know what I mean. Now, Saku was going on over there in the Scandinavia somewhere. <laughs> Several times I made, a note, I made a note to myself to uh, remember where this was. Someone in the chat was probably to bail you out. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. If somebody in the chat remembers where Saku 2019 Look at that. They got the was. big screens up with yeah. all the cool games on there. I love it. Um, this is... Uh, this is a. One of our um, one of our folks on the Discord posted these pictures. I love looking at these these gatherings. He said he took these. I believe this might have been sundown. Okay, this is yeah in Finland somewhere. Um, thank you, uh, Picard. Um, this was, looks like a perfect place. You know, it's kind of dark. It's lit with those cool colored LEDs. Yeah. Plenty of computers. A three-screen projector setup. Yeah, Look man. at that. And those are three awesome games, too. That's a good idea. I've got a projector. I should bring that over sometime for the meeting. That'd that be would be awesome. fantastic, yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, you can check out. That's over on uh, the Gather site, which is on our show notes, if you want to check out some pictures from Sundown. Or wait a minute. What is this called? Saku. Saku 2019. Yeah. That looked great. I wonder how they drew on that thing. It looked like they had a pretty good crowd I hope, over I there. I hope that yeah. they filled it up. 
This is a, just a random thing, Aaron, that I, that I found that was recently posted on the Thingverse. Okay. If you are interested in modding your Amiga 3000 and you don't want to do uh, what we like to call the dowdy job on it. Aha, uh -huh, please. Um, you can actually, there are plans to 3D print a complete Amiga 3000 faceplate. Oh, okay. You can just snap right on. Everything lines up and everything. I think this is a really cool idea. And I would, I'm in favor of, you know, 3D printers to me seem to be almost entirely useless. Oh, I hope Brick's um, not listening. He'll come and get you. But for uh, applications like this, where you can recreate something that you're afraid to break and fool around with it, and especially if you want to prototype something that you want to do on your real case, this is a great way to do it. What you do is, I'm going to fill you in here. It's like you could fit, you could print the whole front of the of your media, uh -huh. right? So what you do is you pick a wacky color. Right. right? And then you scoot that sucker in and between some stuff, no one will ever know. And that's and then you don't ever let them see the rest of it. That's and they're right. like, "Why would you get that blue Amiga?" And you're like, "Huh? <laughs> Space." That's right. That's right. I've been thinking about making the faceplate and then just putting a shoebox behind it with oh. an Amiga power supply. You know what? Being better is you put the faceplate and you hook that on the front of an Atari ST and you just really oh. make people angry. Yeah, that's true. That's true because you can make it look all legit. <laughs> hit the power button and then TOS right up in front of you. That'd be a throwdown right there. Absolutely. Um, Aaron, 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast is back this week with a review of a new piece of hardware. Uh, I believe that this is one of the first uh, pieces of hardware that, uh, new pieces of hardware that 10Mark has done. Yeah, I watched this actually, and this is a um, this is an interesting gimmick. I mean, did you look through this? Yeah. Morning? So, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a piece of kit that allows you to load any kickstart onto your Amiga, right? Like you don't have to have the one that's specific to the machine it shipped with. Well, yes. What what this is, and this is I, I, something that I was they're they're selling this out of uh, Amigo and the Lake, mm -hmm. our buddies mm -hmm. over there. Yeah. And what this is is a, is a little gimmick that fits in your chipset or your uh, Kickstart uh, ROM socket, and it's got an SD card slot, and you can just dump uh, Kickstart images on there. I think he told, I think Tenmark said it was everything from one point, let's see, one point one or one point two four. I think the very very earliest one for whatever reason he said he couldn't get it working. And but you put you dump on a little a micro SD card, stick it on there, put it in your uh, socket, and then it comes up with a boot up screen that lets you pick which Kickstart you want to use. It's actually quite interesting. Um, uh, the uh, ramifications. I mean, there have been Kickstart switchers around forever since the Amiga was still in its heyday. So it's not that's not that unusual. But what's neat about it is. Uh, the ability to switch between all those kickstarts easily because that's that's something you really couldn't do and then on top of that he mentions that you could also put diagnostic tools and stuff on there uh which uh is great you know it says opposed to having to burn those on a chip you can it'd be a good tool to diagnose uh, the amiga it's easy installation as well would this be something you could use with your 1000 or do you have to have a later the 1000 model? won't use this okay. and the reason is the 1000 doesn't have an onboard kickstart mm. it needs a kickstart disc yeah uh, and so that that would uh, it would be it would be great if you could, if they had something like this for the one thousand where you could actually just, I mean you could add uh, kickstarts to the one thousand but I don't have the I personally don't have the kit to do it. I feel a little embarrassed admitting this, seeing that we've done this show for five years. Yeah, is kickstart is it like? An operating system. It, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's sort of the boot. It's it, it gets everything booted up and running. Uh, uh, yeah, it's exactly what it is. Um, why did they just not call it an operating system? Well, because listen, why call any? There's no uh, there's no uh, patterns that we have to call stuff. You can call it whatever you want. Kickstart sounds cool to me. I like it. Uh, 
this thing is about, I think they said, I think he said this was 76 US dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, it's effectively solderless. Now he, uh, Tenmark had a wacky gimmick in his uh, machine that prevented this thing from fitting properly. So he had to actually put the socketed uh, gimmick in another empty socket and stick it down in his socket. But yeah, exactly. That that clears up a bit better for your boat. It's more like BIOS. It, it controls all your higher. It shows this thing had disk functions and stuff like that, you know. But so it's the operating system is more like the workbench. Okay. Um, but uh, anyway, it looks like a good little product. Seventy-seven bucks. Not outside of the realm of, you know, it's not ridiculously expensive, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and if you're in America, for us few folk. Uh, you can get this thing locally, which is nice. So, uh, uh, good deal. I approve. And of course, Timor did a real good job demonstrating it. Yeah, yeah. So make sure you check out the 10-minute Amiga Retrocast YouTube channel. He's a machine. That, that video. He is. Yeah. Aaron, I always like to, when I stumble across new, not new, new to me Amiga groups, I always like to give them a little plug on this show because you never know. Somebody might not be aware of their existence me right down the road. Yeah. And that happened this week when I discovered the Norwich Amiga Group, okay? Yeah. These guys are in Norwich, in uh, Norfolk. Norfolk, which, Virginia? Yeah, which I'm not sure how they, Norfolk, maybe, I, I don't know how the British say it. I know from living in that area that it's Norfolk here, but yeah. Um, but anyway, they have uh, gatherings at a, uh, at, uh, there's a local cafe where they set up tons of Amigas and stuff. They've got, their next meeting is coming up on the uh, 22nd of October. Uh, they meet uh, over at, let's see, I was going to check and see if I could figure out real quick. Yeah, it's the One Life Left Norwich Gaming Cafe. So if you are in the Norwich area and you want to get your Amiga game on, uh, check out, go to their Facebook page. Uh, the next meeting is on October 22nd. Let me make sure I've got this clear. This is not Norfolk, Virginia. This is no, Norfolk this is in, in the UK. Yeah. Okay, there you go. That's Because I was like, wow, that sounds very British. Well, it's, it is. It is, it is. Yeah, there you go. Although, if a Norfolk, Virginia user group has a meeting, feel free to contact us. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a new Kickstarter, Aaron. Man, you can't ever get enough of these things. That's right. And it's a new Amiga Music Kickstarter. So, I guess maybe these guys saw the um, the, the success, the, um, what are those guys called? The Amiga Future? The, um, the, you're talking about the one that was based on the magazine. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing did well. Yeah, so these guys, uh, this is the Amiga Rocks Kickstarter. This is a triple album of Amiga game music. Oh, triple. Done the fast loader's way. I don't know what, what way that is, but uh, but I, according to Pixels at Dawn, it's with a lot of chugging guitar. So if you're a fan of uh, the chugging guitar, I am. feel free to check out the Amiga Rocks Kickstarter. It looks like that they do not have a uh, Kickstarter page up yet, but you can follow their Twitter or go to their Facebook, The Fast Loaders. Good deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, Neil, a.k.a. Retro Man Cave. Yep. This is an awesome video. This may be my favorite thing that he's ever done. Really? Because it sort of combines everything that I like about about Neil, uh, his silky smooth voice. His uh, the the really slick camera work that he does, mm-hmm. and I love videos of people putting stuff together. Well, this is you, this is it. Yeah, yeah. So Neil has purchased. You know, a couple weeks ago, he uh, unboxed his Checkmate case, and he said, "I wonder what I'm going to put in this." But I think he already had an idea in mm. his mind. He wanted to put in the A500 plus plus, a brand new Amiga 500 board 
that you seat yourself with chips aplenty. Uh, and so basically what Neil does is he, he goes through the, uh, he puts this board through its paces and then shows uh, how he assembled all the diodes and put in all the chips and everything. Mm. And, um, and uh, he does it in a really in a way that's 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 quite entertaining, and, and I, I enjoy this this type of video immensely. You know, I I, I, I congratulate Neil on this. I, I when I was coming out of electronics school, they made us build our own multimeter in a very mm -hmm. similar fashion. You had to put a, which is which is probably about a fourth of the work this took, and I hated it. It took me a series of of, of days to to do it. And so anyone that's got the the uh, the patience to sit down and do this, and I mean I. I love the idea. These boards are not; they're inexpensive, mm -hmm. and you, and Neil did it the right way. Just take all, buy every part you can over the counter that you can get now, and then you have to transfer your stuff over. I will say he put some stuff on that board uh, that is, I would say, I would consider pretty heady uh, stuff for someone that's not very experienced in soldering. Uh, I saw a couple things, and there's a couple things on there. You melt them, you're done. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Uh, you, it's not. This is not for the faint of heart. It's not for saying. someone that is at least not moderately uh, skilled at soldering. You know, what do you think about the Amiga keyboard in that external case? It works. It's functional, but it is boxy and ugly, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I've got the one thousand. I didn't bother me as much until I looked at that keyboard. I mean, that is a big. I mean, it's it's actually so clever that I can't. I'm not faulting it, no. but it's. But if, when they could come up with a better keyboard, that and I think Neil even mentioned that that thing would get the heave ho. I like the uh, the. This was the first time you really get to see that for me anyway. I got to see that fifteen hundred Checkmate case fully in action, mm -hmm. uh, except for I think it, uh, was it Pixel Vixen when she did. And, and there, I like the idea. I mean, think about how clever this is. I mean, effectively you're adding all. It's and not only are you buying a case. I mean, if you get the upgrade, you're getting the expansions. Adding Zorro cult ports and stuff, it's it's quite nice. If you were going to buy a Checkmate, would you go white or black? Black. Me uh, too. Because cool guy. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. You know, Taste of the Crypt, you know, the Amiga 1200 case, he knew. Because cool guys, we could sense each other. It's like Highlander, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I would go with the black. But the white, listen, there's, a, there's an appeal to the white. I can understand that. Yeah. I would also find a way to mount that GoTech in there. I know he didn't want to, uh, but... Uh, I get my. What you do is you get yourself a Dremel. That's right. That's right. And, and you just cut a hole right in that sucker. The important thing is not to measure exactly. You just sort of eyeball it and then. Go I will work. say this, Jerkules. You've mocked me over this for quite a while, <laughs> but with the uh, additional bounty of Amiga goodness I got a couple weeks ago, I now have a fully functional, beautiful, attractive, fully whole Amiga 500 beautifully uh, put together sitting there on my desk. So I look forward to when you blow it up with the RF modulator against the wall. Listen, people like me, we don't use those RF modulators. I've got a gimmick. <laughs> you know I do. Yeah. So I don't, I, that thing's still in the plastic bag. I didn't even test it. <laughs> Not risking it. <laughs> no, no way. No way. And finally, Aaron, Amiga Bill has been busy. I'm not caught, better catch any of his stuff. So what's he been up to? Uh, he interviewed the uh, he did a stream with um, I guess actually I thought this had already happened, but I think I, I watched his previous thing where he was playing this or something. I became confused. This has not happened yet. Oh, good, you can pitch it. Yeah, Monday, October seventh at three p.m. Eastern for two hours. Amiga Bill is going to be playing Rygar with the creator Graham Cowie. 
So um, of the Amiga version of Ragar. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is the new port. The the, the new. I don't Amiga. know who. I, I God only knows which Japanese gentleman actually put this game oh, together all those years ago. Yeah, yeah. Have you played much Ragar in your uh -uh, time? I haven't. It's a difficult game. Mm -hmm. It's super tough. I'm hoping there's some skill levels involved in this one, because I, I like the game. But man, I could never get anywhere in it. Brent was a decent hand at it, but me not so much. Yeah. That'll be fun. I'll be able to watch that. Uh, three o'clock. So that that means. Uh, is that our time? Oh, okay, beautiful. So yeah. that'll be great, and this show will be out right before that, so we can build it right away. That's it right. Works out great. So it's, 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 you meant to do that. Yeah. No, you didn't. All right, Aaron. <laughs> let's talk about this week's game. Oh boy, covert action. You know, now uh, I always ask, have you ever played or heard of this game? Not only had I never heard of this game, uh -huh. I thought that I knew about every single Sid Meier game. Yeah. And I was wrong. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I never heard of this one. This one, I, I don't. I some tickle in the back of my head tells me that I had heard of it, but never seen it. But I've never ever played it under any circumstances. So this one, I came into completely cold, which I love doing that. Now, Sid Meier's Covert Action, uh, released in '92 on three discs from uh, the old publisher Microprose. They were doing. They were still around at that point. Uh, and this uh, when did they go? When do you think they went? They got under? bought, so I believe they got bought by EA. Mm, I believe. Okay. Um, so uh, the, this was developed by them, MPS, it's Microprose Labs, uh, and designed by Sid Meier and Bruce Shelley. Uh, uh, now uh, it says here that this was programmed by Sid Meier. I, I suspect that this probably was pr originally programmed by Sid Meier, and then got kind of hoisted. It's sort of like R.L. Right. Stein, where yeah. he, they just slap his name on everything and it sells. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Royalties. Now you know uh, this game. They it, they they played the field here. I, which again, I, I wouldn't have guessed this, but it had a, it had a uh, it was on the ST and on DOS. Now, from what I've heard, and I think it's kind of obvious that this was a. Uh, this was the watered-down, uh, beat-down VGA version brought to the Amiga. Uh, and having played... I, I don't even think... I think this is the EGA version brought well, to the Well, I will say, I heard I heard a lot of people ragging on this about how horrible the port was compared to the PC version. And I spent a, a, good, deal of with, uh, a good deal of time with both of them, and I did not... PC version looks better, but it's not like it's it, it's not killing it's not beating the world. If you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, I didn't play the PC version, but I looked at it because a good deal of information is available on the PC version of yeah. this game, unlike the Amiga version. Yeah, including keyboard shortcuts. Yeah, and, stuff. and I actually think that they look pretty much the same. Yeah, I didn't see now, a ton the, of difference. The big dig on that is that I think that this is EGA graphics. This is like 16 or 32 color graphics. Well, I know what the I, Amiga could do much better. When I played it on mine, I, it ran in VGA mode for what that's worth. This cause it's, I mean, it doesn't mean it's going to be beautiful. I'm just talking about the color palette. Yeah, it's know? not great. Yeah. Uh, I will say, just to start off, for, uh, so I played this game. I, uh, first thing, the place I played this was uh, on uh, Amiga Forever. And I... <laughs> And I played the game, and for whatever reason, and I don't know why, but the entire game has Christmas music, nonstop, really? continual Christmas music. So I had to go get another version. <laughs> I don't know who did that. This is what you get for not using the WHD. That kind of thing would never fly. <laughs> well, I mean, I I mostly played it on the actual Amiga, but I tried it on the first thing. I had to boot it up, and I was like, "This is weird." Because you're gutting a sucker, and it's playing Jingle Bells. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. It's a very clockwork orange sort of it's thing. It's very yeah. strange. Yeah. And so now when I play it, I can hear those tunes <laughs> in the back of my head. <laughs> That's playing a very disturbing thought. It is thought. not yeah. good. So what is covert action, Boat? Now this right here is uh, something different. 
you are you pick a secret agent, a, a covert agent, if you will. They've given you a number and taken away your name. That's right. I love that song. And uh, you can choose between two people. You've got a, a, a guy agent and a girl agent. You can name, you name mm-hmm. them yourself. I believe it's Max Milia and something. I can't remember the names off the top Maxine. of my head. Yeah. And you are uh, tasked uh, to with solving these various world... Uh, altering events. Right? Uh, the, you have a uh, you get to pick what level you want to play at. You can like you could have stuff that are like basically local importance all the way up to global importance. Right. So local, basically, it's easy like neighborhood disturbance is the lowest rank, right. I think. Yeah. And, and by the way, I didn't even go anywhere near the higher levels. I put this on dumb guy because yeah. I, I wasn't going to you know, uh, go crazy. So uh, when you uh, oh here it is Maximilian Remington and Maxine Remington ah, nailed yeah it. yeah very good boat uh, so you're CIA agents and so what you do is you make your character and then you can sort of tweak their attributes right, I think there's four I guess driving combat uh, uh, crypto cryptology mm-hmm. or cryptography and uh, uh, was what, like wiretapping or yeah something like so, that? No, it was something like or it was electronics yeah. that's what it was. And so you, and I don't know how these, I was wondering how these actually affect the game. Yeah, okay, well, you know, one thing we should mention is that the actual manual for this game is 93 pages yeah, long. Yeah, it's a legit manual. Yeah, and so, and the manual was not available anywhere I could find online. I found the PC one. See, I didn't think to look for the PC one, but when I was streaming this game, Michael Ryan out in California, he had the manual open and he was feeding me info. Yeah, you gotta have it. Um, and maybe they ex- they go into more detail in that yeah, manual. Yeah, and you've gotta have the manual and you've gotta have, like, the key keyboard shortcuts are your bone mm-hmm. because this thing heavily and you at the beginning of the game you've got your choice uh between mouse and or excuse me joystick and keyboard or just keyboard i always just play with the keyboard really in the true spectrum style yeah i went with keyboard on this one and, and it really uh, it didn't i don't think it cost me i mean i the joystick's okay too but one thing this doesn't have is i just get this out of the way early the interface of this thing is not that great, is it, Boat? It it's, doesn't. It's sluggish and yeah. weird. This game moves. It moves very slowly. It's a. But I mean, just click it. Like sometimes the mouse might work. So that. So they have to do stuff with the keyboard. Yeah. It's well, weird. I used the joystick the whole time. Yeah. And uh, it did. It was not incredibly responsive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, you once you uh, set up your agent and you uh, and you pick your attributes, you go and see the chief. The chief's guy. He says, "Listen, the president's. We're worried." And then he lays out a uh, some mission for you. Now, he'll lay out the mission, and before you can even accept the mission, it goes to the copy protection screen. Now, I played two versions. I played three versions. Of this t- one of them, the Christmas one, copy protection gone. No problem. Just you could pick anything. That, your punishment was having to listen the to other, the other. Yeah, and I was like, I'll just go find it. And so I went out and found the manual. And and because what you do is you, he'll say like. Who's the lead? Uh, who's the lead agent of the KGB? Mm-hmm. And, and you have to go pick his face out of this like a page full like of faces. It's like a sort of thing. And then, and if you mess it up, he's like, "Well, you need to go back to training." So they make you go to training mode somewhere and to punish you. Mm-hmm. So God forbid you screw up and pick the wrong one. You right. know what I mean? So anyway, once you get past that, he lays out the mission. And what he'll do is he'll lay uh, a crap load of facts on you. And I was watching your video, and I was laughing because it is at the beginning. It's like holy crap! Just, He's like bam, bam. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is the uh, a woman we think that has blueprints. This chick's got a bomb. This is a house where we think this guy may lives. And you're like holy crap! Yeah, you know, they, they, and it, you don't realize at the beginning. At least I didn't realize that the game was keeping track of all this stuff for you. Because yeah. most of the time they're like, "Hope you brought a notebook because you're never going to see yeah, this." Yeah, and again. I will say this game does a tremendous job in keeping you in the loop of your info because there's a lot of information mm-hmm. flying around here, and you need to know. 
So once you get the basics of information that you have, then you are can basically start on your mission. He basically says, like, good luck, and you're on your own. You're at CIA headquarters, and the first thing you'll do is meet your assistant. Now, this is one place where picking a man or the woman makes a difference because if you pick a, a woman, you get a man assistant. If really? you pick a man, you get a woman. Oh, I pick both. Okay. You know? uh, and uh, and they're you know I guess they're cute. I will say no. The woman assistant is a whore. Well, the the it's just she's a what? He's a horror. What did you think I said? <laughs> I still don't know what you said. I've heard it twice. The uh, the woman, the uh, the PC version has a higher She's res. She's very ghoulish. Yeah, and there, so she looks less hideous yeah, on the PC version. I, I that res so. is higher. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they'll, they'll be like, hey, so and so, here's the information you've gotten so far, and they'll sort of kind of give you a push as to what you should do. And then you are on your own. You can you can do things at the CIA headquarters, or you can go out into the field, or you can even get on an airplane and go to another country. I wouldn't do that at the start. And so what you need to do in this game is use the various avenues to gain information. All right, And this game reminds me a lot of like a really advanced, tight CinemaWare game in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, without the harassmataz. I mean, mm-hmm. they, if they could have had some harassmataz, they'd have had something full, fully going. Yeah. So... You've got many options to get information. With the information that they provide you with, you can you have enough to do a few things. The first thing I always do is go to the cryptology area and accuse the double agent. No, Bam. no, no. And no, that's actually that's the data area where oh. you do that. But anyway, you go to cryptology and what you do is try to decipher an intercepted message. Okay. That's what I usually yep. do. And so that's the first mini game is the cryptology decipher message gimmick. And so when this came up, I was like, oh, I'm going to hate this. I ended up loving this. I, I don't know what it is about this, because it's not that difficult, but it's sort of fun. Did you ever Did you ever do this for fun with your friends in high school? God, no. We did real fun stuff like friends do, not sit around doing cryptology puzzles. <laughs> Who does that? I Nerd alert. Do, I used to do that all the time. Man. Nerd! So anyway, what you do is they'll give you a big, huge page of, of like letters that are scrambled. And you know, and you know their words, but they're scrambled. And It'll give you one letter. Now, I don't know if your cryptology score being higher maybe gives you more letters. Yeah, I think that that's probably Yeah, and, and so you're on the clock as you try to decipher this thing. and Because this whole game is timed. And you have to, uh, which doesn't really play that much of a difference yeah, that, in the that, early. You know, that that was one of the things that I never really understood is what is the significance of the time? If you take too long, the plot unfurls and you're screwed. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I guess since I was playing on easy mode. That's right. That if you move up a little bit, it gets a little bit, it gets yeah. much tougher. But anyway... So there'll be a list of letters on the left-hand side of the screen. You've got to pick, you've got to try to guess what letter goes where, right? It's simple stuff, uh, but it's fun, and it's and once you decipher the whole message, if you, it's gratifying to me. Listen, I, this is my kind of dumb guy fun. Mm-hmm. I felt like a secret agent. Now, wait a minute. Like, you just made fun of me for doing this very activity. I know. So I'm a hypocrite, too. Is that what you're saying, <laughs> nerd? So so I, I nerded out and deciphered these, and, I, and it would be like, the first message I always came on was like, they've put Maximilian on the case. He's a loser. We're not worried about him a bit. It's like, I'll show you. You know? So that's one mini game. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think of the cryptology? What did you go it's through these? You know, we, I did this with the chat on the stream. Yeah. And we had a good old time, you know, picking letters. Um, at first, I was like, oh, this is going to take forever. But uh, but the, the chat sort of convinced me that we could do it. So we did it. Um, I thought that um, the... The time ticking up in that in the in the in that event, I didn't understand what it was doing. I wish that they would just give you the time 
um, just the normal time, and you can see time progress as you're doing it. Well, they do occasionally. The, the time shows up at the yeah, bottom of the screen. But I, I mean, I didn't understand why they they gave you that fast. I think I think they I think I'm sure that may come into play in the higher levels, but I'm mm -hmm. sure it's there just to, you know, to give you a sense Add of urgency. Tension, yeah. yeah. So anyway, once you decipher these messages, you can you can use the clues they give you, and the clues will open up other. I mean, really, everything's open. But there will, like for example, you can go to London, all right? But you may not know to go to 55 Scumbag Street in London, where the, and that's what the information you'll get from, yeah. you know, or names. And, and whenever you get that, the great thing about this game, I can't stress this enough, is that when you get a new piece of information, it's automatically added into your thing. They don't make you type it in and yeah. enter it. It just goes into your dossier. And it sort of flashes there. everything you've gotten up to that point and yeah. then adds it. It's, it's actually very clever. Yeah. So once you've done your cryptography, then you can move on to the more in the field stuff boat. And, and, and when you're at CI headquarters, you can look at your data, you can check your wiretaps, you can do a bunch of sort of like uh, stuff to keep you in the loop. All right. And then your assistant will give you a tip hey, you know, we've got this information, you should go do that. Mm -hmm. So then it's time to go into the field boat. Yeah, it is. And so the first thing I always do in the field is go do the wiretap. All right. Because you need some information. Early in the game, you can't just go crazy, you got to get some information. So. You find a place like a headquarters for one of the bad guys, and you go, you slip in, and then you wire, do a wiretap, and so it'll tell you, okay, the guards are being caught down. You've got say eight minutes or ten minutes to get this wiretap in, and then you're presented with this screen of like an electronics, uh, almost like a circuit board, and you can see current going through certain circuits. And on the right hand side of the screen, you see either a phone or a bell, mm. like a series of them. Right. And the object of this is to is to tap the line without setting off the alarm. Mm -hmm. And so what you've got to do basically is intercept the incoming phone transmissions without diverting power to the alarm. Right. Okay. And so there's a series of blocks on the screen that you can manipulate how the how the current flows through them. Mm -hmm. All right. Am I explaining this halfway? Yeah. You've got uh, you've got if you can imagine a flowchart and you've got you know things moving from one side of the screen to the other, and then you've got they call them, I think they call them circuit chips or something like that. And these circuit chips have different arrows, just like you might find in a, in, a, in PowerPoint or something. And you have to put the right arrow in the right place to divert the, the like you said, to divert the current. This was my least favorite game. It's funny, because I love this too. I had a lot of fun with this. And especially as you get further into the game, it gets a lot harder. And even the current will go to, like, it gets real crazy. I had trouble on the first level. This was not Well, my this one, as puzzle. long as you realize that when you change current, you you can't you can't divert it to the alarm. Mm -hmm. Because when the alarm's on, you have to run off, you look like an idiot. Right. And for every little set of phones you uh, tap successfully, you'll get a clue right there on the spot. So even if you sort of suck, you can get some clues before you have to run off like an idiot, right? I like this too. It was fun. Yeah. I felt like I was. I mean, it, I, whoever came up with this idea as a mini game, it felt like I was tapping into a phone. I yeah. like that. It is better than most hacking mini. Yeah, games because that this is play. you're actually. I mean, and they even they at the bottom there's like a circuit board. It says like plus five volts ground. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, someone went to links to make this look like you were doing something. Sure. Yeah, I like that. Then you've got okay. So let's say you've 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 done your crypto cryptography. You've done your wiretap. You've got some information, right? Then it's time you need to do some more really hands-on stuff, which is to go in and infiltrate a home or a, or a business or an embassy or a headquarters. And so what you do is you outfit your character with a series of guns, grenades, flight jacket, camera, motion sensors, whatever you want. 
It's not a huge variety, but it's stuff. It's pretty good variety. Oozy. And then you slip into the building and you go through the building. Now, there are two, really two reasons you're going to want to do this. One is to gain information. Mm-hmm. You've got If you've got the camera with you, you can go through file cabinets and desks and take pictures. Uh, if you've got the gun with you, you can just go through and mow everybody down if you want to. On the, on the, on the early levels, you can just mow everyone down. You don't have to aim or nothing. It right. just shoots the, them. Yeah. Which is fine because there, and that's a good thing because of the controls, which we'll get to. Uh, this is pretty cool, except there's two things I didn't like. Well, three. One, it's ugly. I didn't. It wasn't attractive. This game's sort of ugly in general. It's, it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, speaking of the the weirdness of this part, uh, they give you in the upper left corner, uh, they give you a little picture of your man. Yeah. And this thing is utterly useless. You well, see him walking in real time, whatever he's doing, oh, you're doing. Yeah, or crawling. Yeah, yeah. But, but why you would need that is beyond me. Yeah. Well, and this, your guy doesn't look good either. This is your classic dream catcher story. Like, let's split the screen up like 20 windows. Yeah. I mean, some of the windows are you need, but like, for example, there's a window of just a guy with all your armaments. It's so huge. It could have just written it in text. And the one thing I like is when you get shot, you just see bullet holes in the vest. <laughs> So that's how many times you've been shot at. Mm-hmm. But and there's a layout of the building. But so here's the problem with this part. Uh, if you're in there just to find information, you're gonna find that a lot of these houses or buildings are immense. And they've inside of these things, I mean, all they are, are like file cabinet and desk storage facilities. It's a, it's a very strange way of of outfitting your home or even your business. It's <laughs> it, it these people have more documents than than the New York library. Yeah. I mean there's stuff everywhere. There's yeah. safes. There's freaking de- desks. There's everywhere you can find stuff. And so and you're going through these things and there could be 10, 12 rooms in these but they're huge. Right. Right. And if you've got a motion sensor, you can tell you can get an idea of where the bad guys are and so you can on the radar they'll show up. And so you can try to avoid them. At the early levels, you can just go shoot them and it's just as they screw up. But I mean you're detected. Uh, and that and that will cause other things to happen, which I'll get to. This I had a hit. I had a love and hate relationship with this because it's, it's very basic. Uh, but I mean, it could. This could have been awesome. This part. If you are listening to this podcast, think about uh, and if and if you are a modern gamer, think about Hotline Miami. Okay, so what this is is a very very slow moving rudimentary version of Hotline Miami, where you're you've got an overhead perspective. You're going through enemy territory. People are trying to kill you, and you're mowing them down. Um, but and maybe you know this is one of these things where you know should I have played more of this game on a higher difficulty? Maybe that would have made it more interesting. But like you said, as it is, you can absorb tons of bullets. The guys are doofuses. They're easy to kill. They stand there and freeze while they shoot you. And the the hit detection, you can aim anywhere in the same zip code and you hit these guys. Early on, I did place a little bit higher, and it does make a difference. Also, always have the flak jacket because otherwise you're screwed. That that, that brings me to my other complaint about this. Um, The whole equipment selection screen, totally unnecessary. Did you ever use grenades for anything? I I never threw threw them around just to see what they would do. But you're always going to want to have the camera. Yeah. You're always going to want to have the flag jacket. You're always going to want to have the Uzi. It's just like when I leave my house every day. Yeah. Never leave without those three things. Yeah. It's so, creepy when you show up at my place that Uzi drawn. Well, you never can be too careful. So they should have. What they should have done was they should have just made the screen bigger. This this portion of the the actual action screen bigger. Done away with the. Uh, 
the your equipment screen completely and just giving you all the stuff right out of the gate. Yeah, or just showing you the like the verbal ver the you know the text version. Mm. But it is what it is, and you got to think this is from '92, so you know. Keep in mind, we're not that many years removed from like a Wolfenstein and stuff. So I mean, yeah. it's it's, uh, and I'm talking the original. Uh, so this, I mean, and if you play this, I mean, there are aspects of this that I really like. I like search and stuff. I like hacking computers. There's areas where you can hack into computers. And it is neat whenever you stumble upon a new clue and you see it added to your dossier. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's neat. I discovered something. Yeah, so that's cool. Um, occasionally, you'll come across someone you can arrest inside mm -hmm. that. This is funny now. This Explain is great. This one. Well, so I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, I was at an embassy in Baghdad and one thing you can do when you're outside the embassy before you do anything is just watch it. Mm -hmm. And so I watched a guy get out, get in his car, and drive to another embassy. So I followed him, mm -hmm. and I went there, and I broke in, I shot all the guards, and I took this guy prisoner, you know? It's the, the first time I played the game. Well, when he went to jail, when he went to trial, they were like, yeah, you don't have any evidence for this guy. He's an ambassador, and you're an idiot. <laughs> and so they just let him go. So I basically killed his guards, broke into his embassy, and then kidnapped <laughs> But at him. least you got off scot-free yeah. for some reason. So you could actually arrest the wrong people, or you can even arrest the right people, but if you don't have any evidence... Let's talk you... about how you find these people. Yeah. Okay? They're chilling. So, yeah. Every single time you go to arrest somebody, you could have the firefight of a lifetime in this room. Gar is just laying mangled dead everywhere. The guy that you want to arrest is sitting in an easy chair, just kind of legs splayed out, just looking, just looking off into space. Just yeah. totally and they don't move as you yeah. roll in there with your Uzi. Yeah. You know what I'd like to see? Because, I mean, again, this part of the game, the, the infiltration part, if you're going to make the maps this large, I would like to... You ever play the Sega arcade game Crackdown? Yeah, yeah. That would be that kind of... You know how it's an overhead view mm -hmm. and you're shooting and stuff? Yeah. I would love to see that kind of gameplay with this kind of... That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. You know, with a stealth element to mm -hmm. it. This, well, it'd be like a, like a like a Metal Gear Solid almost sort of thing, right? Or Metal Gear. Really. I mean, I don't mind some gunplay, mm -hmm. you know, but I mean, it's th this is a misfire, and this is this is one of the game's shortcomings. That's why I can't sit here and be like, "That's the best," because yeah. this 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 could have been better. I mean, it's the most intricate of the games, but it's also the the sort of the one that leaves you wanting more yeah. because it's not very good. Uh, finally, and I sort of touched on this before. There's a driving. Uh, well, I don't want to call it that. <laughs> There's a uh, there's a set car based section of this game. Now this is we really weird, mm -hmm. and I don't know what they were going for here. Well, I think they played that game that we did on the Spectrum. Remember that one that we played that was like the go anywhere game? Oh because yeah, that, this really reminds me of that the, the turning and well, things. Well, so you get the option. Uh, I don't know how often the car part comes up. I only saw it I when played, I trailed guys. Yeah, I mean, like I could force it, but uh, but I, it rarely comes up where you're followed. Yeah, you know. And so what you do is the first thing when you like, for example, I mentioned I tell the ambassador back to the embassy. What you do is you can pick like I want to watch the door at this building, all right? And, and then people come and go. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you want to see someone come in there, you want you go in after him. Right. It's actually pretty neat, mm -hmm. but. On the times you want to follow someone, it switches this weird driving aspect. Well, the first thing with this is it lets you pick a car. It's got three or four hot rods, and then one like I think it's like a Subaru or something yeah, you can pick. Ford Escort. And you and you pick your car, and you pick a second car because I guess you got a buddy that's going to help you tail this person. Now you can affect where your car goes, how fast it goes. But I never really fooled with that too much after the first couple of times because. I would screw myself. Yeah. So basically, if you in the early levels, you just follow them to where they go. You're done. Mm -hmm. Now, if they know you're there, then you have to kind of mess around a little bit. But 
the this sucks. The driving part. This is the worst part of the well, game. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to bury it because bury it. It's different, and it's you know they they packed a lot in this game, and I think this is definitely one of these games where the whole is more than the sum of its parts. I agree, and the the graphics are like the the graphics in the driving section are colorful. The buildings are colorful. Um, you know, the thing does not control like a racing game. That's for no, sure. No, it, it it's very. I don't know what. I watched a guy do a playthrough of this because I thought I was doing something wrong, and he said, "Listen, because I've been playing this game for twenty years, I've never understood this or did anything when I was yeah. here." Was it's like, oh, sort oh, of, yeah. you know, it, it sort of feels tacked on in a way, um, um, but this game really encompasses everything there is about being a spy. You know, every almost every, every, well, yeah, except for the hot ladies and stuff like and that. the booze, yeah, and the booze. But um, all of your spy craft actions are are taken into account here. Actually, it does incorporate the the other sex because when you complete missions, as you complete them, your the office buzz about you grows, mm. and so then you can that can develop into something. Okay. I, 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 how many how many missions in did you go? Oh, I just did one. Did you I ever beat done. that mission? Yeah. Uh, now, how'd you do? Do you remember your score? Uh. Uh-uh. Like I did, like I think I beat my mission, but I like I success was like thirty eight percent the first time I did it. Then I got it up to sixty eight percent. And and part of the fun of this game is you can play it a lot. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of missions in it. Yeah. You know, I, I'm just gonna come out and say it. I really like this game. I know I heard people just killing it, killing it. Even Sid Meier doesn't like it. He's like, yeah, we tried to do too many things at once, and we didn't do a very good job at them. You know, you, know, you may be surprised, but I'm right there with you on this one. Really, I loved it. I thought this game was great. You know, I thought I'm, it was great. I'm a big spy guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and so I've played a lot of Wolfenstein over the years. So even the boring, kind of dumb parts where you're in a building, I enjoyed. Uh, I, I did get bored investigating the buildings, but when if you get enough evidence, your secretary will be like, listen, we've got enough evidence to Come crush in, this thing. Yeah. Go in there and go get her. Catch that flight. And, man, when she says go get her, I go in there and just blow yeah. everything That's away. That's right, because there's no penalty for killing guards. It's, yeah. not like, it's not like they were innocent. Now, something know? else you can do we didn't touch on was put bugs in places. That was That's an interesting yeah. element. Yeah, can you explain that? Because I don't really well, understand Well, when that. you go into buildings, there will be, aside from, like, listen, you're going to have, here are the interactive things. you got... Desks, right? Right. You've got a big, huge printers. Yep. Wall safe. You've got wall safes. You've got um, uh, pictures on. You've the got wall. file cabinets, and you've got pictures on the wall and plants. And what you can do is you can put bugs behind them, and they and they effectively act like wiretaps. You can get oh, clues okay. through them. So you just then you leave, and then things right. filter in. The okay. funny thing about this game, we mean, and I, part of us killing it could be from just from lack of playtime. Uh, you don't have to go through every room. It's not like a, a, a game where you have to go through every room of every building. Yeah. If you're in there to get evidence, you can go through some of the rooms, get and then leave. Yeah. Uh, if you're there to p- capture someone, you can just go capture them. It's like I went to a building one time, and the person I need to capture is the second room. Yeah. Grab, go. There's no reason to stick around. Right. You're gone. Right. Also, I don't understand. I guess, you know, when you get injured, you, it says you take time to recover from right. your injuries. That costs you time. I don't, you can never be killed, right? I was, I have not been killed. Mm. So there you go. I'm sure maybe on like the really high levels. Mm-hmm. I only went up to like the, like the second level up. Because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I played this game a lot, but it took me a while to understand what was going on. So I didn't, I wasn't proficient at it until about halfway through the week. Uh, but uh, uh, the, uh, 
the the spy the the element of making you feel like you're getting something done and is awesome. The ability to go like on, to different countries, go to the airport, yeah. awesome. Yeah, the the art, even though the art is simple and and not you know fantastic, it's still evocative. Yeah, you know. And what I you know what I liked about this game, but you know I'm not an adventure guy. I'm not a big uh, point and click guy. This game is just complicated enough to be interesting. But not too complicated for me to get confused. Agree, hundred percent. And that's what made the game great. Yeah. Now, if you tried to say like, okay, we're going to outfit your guy with a certain type of outfit and clothes. I mean, the outfitting of your guy is real simple and sort of irrelevant to lower levels. Mm -hmm. The car pickings. I mean, most of what you're doing is getting evidence, beating those mini games, and putting it all together. And then, and then you've got the chance to go out and catch the people that you know are guilty. And you and you literally build up a, a, a dossier of facts. Right. And so sometimes if you take too long to... Let's say you're closing in on like... Like one of the adventures I was on, they were going to... Uh, they were going to blow... They were stealing the blueprints to blow up CIA headquarters, something like that. And so I had the blueprint person. I had the bomber, but I, I didn't have enough stuff on some of the other people. And so they'll go underground. And so... at and the game just ended, or the mission ended. He said, you did a good job, uh, and you get your accommodations and stuff. But when you look at your score, all the people that went underground, you took too long, and you didn't get the evidence you needed to get them, and so you didn't get them. And so your score goes down. So you can play it again and think, okay, what do I have to do to catch yeah. this guy? How can I be more efficient and all that? I, I really think that um, this is an unsung... This game gets a lot of flack. And I don't think it's deserving. And I will say, I played a lot of this on the PC, and the Amiga version is uglier. That's true. Uh, the, they didn't take advantage of the Amiga in any way. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say it. And if you've got a PC, a classic PC, and you want to play this on it, I understand. But the Amiga version is exactly the same, mm -hmm. as far as I can tell, except for the fact that it's not. And it, trust me, the PC version ain't pretty. Right. You know, it's right. like one's a pig and one's a pig with lipstick. Yeah. You know. Uh, this game screams for a redo. I would love to see a, you know uh, 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 this one revisited and, and just tweaked a little bit because I just thought it was great. Mm -hmm. It was just exactly at the skill level for a dumb guy like me. Yeah, I didn't think you'd like it, so I'm pleasantly surprised that you dug it, Boat. I, I don't know if they'd ever remake a game like this. They won't. And Sid Myers uh, uses this as an example as to what not to do to make games. Oh, wow. He, I read an interview. I think he said he's got this thing called the uh, uh, the uh, covert action principle, which says uh, it's better to do one thing okay than several things well, or something like that. Basically, you want to concentrate on one mm -hmm. aspect of the gameplay, make it awesome, as opposed to having uh, several facets of gameplay that aren't as good. I wonder if he thinks of pirates the same way because pirates actually is pirates sort of the same game. Well, pirates was sort of the this is very similar to pirates yeah, in a is. lot of ways. I like this way, way, way more. And we're the only people on earth that think that, by the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, he calls it the covert action rule. Now, that's a legitimate thing, wow. he, and he carries huh. around with him this day. Now, let's talk. Let's talk reviews here. Okay. Uh, now, me and you solidly behind this mm -hmm. game. Now, this was a '92 release, mind you. Um, Lemon, the people there sort of agree with. They give it an eight. You know, uh, Amiga Action gave this an eighty-five. Uh, Amiga Computing gave it an eighty-seven. Amiga format is 79. Uh, Amiga, and then they re-reviewed it, and they lowered it, of course. Amiga Magazine gave it a 9 out of 10. Amiga Mania, brother, gave it a, nine, a 79. Amiga, uh, and then Amiga Power re-reviewed it and dropped it. Still, I hate when they do that. So, somewhere in that B, very high C or B area, and I agree. And all that said, for me, personally, 
this is an A game. Yeah. Like I will definitely go back and play uh, it. This is this is a game that I am going to go back and play again. I kind of sure. want this yeah. to, to own it, to own but it. there's a hitch in the plan. Oh, oh. <laughs> the cheapest I saw this game was sixty dollars, and I, uh, I oh excuse me, the cheapest I saw was thirty eight dollars, but I saw one on sale for sixty, and it's as a guy praying to the heavens above to get one hundred eight on, oh on it gosh. too. So, but this is one I actually saw in the states too. So. Uh, this was a uh, I, who, this was another great one from the game selection committee. Bravo, gentlemen! You've done it again. This we, is outstanding. We didn't get too many uh, reviews this week. In fact, we only got one. Yeah. Uh, this comes from Graham W. The review master. I feel like we're on ARG. Yeah. Well, I had never played this game before these reviews, and I'm a huge Sid Meier fan. But this feels almost rushed, with incomplete pieces slapped together to form a game. I like the idea in the game setting, but I just couldn't get into the gameplay. Driving is almost like Turbo Esprit. There we go. There that was is. the game I was thinking yeah. about. On the ZX Spectrum and the other parts of the game remind me of any Carmen San Diego title. That's also an apt comparison. I've never played any of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. I played a lot of them. I also really didn't like how you can't re-review your evidence when you're inside a building. I didn't notice that. Well... You're in the building. How could you possibly That's review true. it? That's true. Uh, unless my setup had issues, everything felt sluggish and slow. That's true. But others on Discord have said to check out the MS-DOS version of the game, and I will. But I don't have high expectations. Five out of ten. I can understand. It's funny. Nothing he said was wrong. No. But I still loved it. <laughs> there's tons of bad games that I love. It's not bad. Of, it's I mean, not there, bad. there's tons of like not well-reviewed games that I love. I, this I, is one of them. This one, I'm telling you, Boat... Uh, this one had everything I like, and the fact that the that you're working for the president. I mean, there, there are a ton of missions. I went through a, a bunch of different missions, even ones I'd done before, unfurled in different ways, you know. And I, I love that. I mean, there's a lot of replayability there. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron, we have um, some people that I want to thank. Okay. Okay. Want to thank Reflection this week for uh, donating to the uh, send boat back to Amiga Ireland. Uh, GoFundMe. Uh, thank you, Reflection. I, I think you've it. built this campaign incorrectly. If you want to make the big money, it, the campaign should be get boat the hell out of America. <laughs> That's how I would do it. I think you can make a That's fortune. True. I would That's be willing true. to donate money to that campaign. And, and, uh, my, the, the picture can just be me flying in the air with a boot print on my a backside. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Uh, last week, Aaron, the Patreon song, you asked me to tell you what it was last week, and I forgot. And I forgot to ask. Yeah. What was it? It was uh, Bjork's uh, biggest hit, It's All So Quiet. I would never have gotten that in a million years. Bjork? Yeah. She had a hit? Yeah. she had. A, it was a huge hit. This got a lot of airplay. It's a very interesting video. Not, she, not outside of the college realm. She dances with a mailbox. What else do you need? They're equally talented. Yeah. I'm going to leave that there. That's not. Fair Fight 14, Paul Kitching, Pixels at Dawn, Gary Heather, Edvin Helland, and Edvin got in at the wire. I mean, it was right before we, we started recording, he sent in his, his, his answer. So thank you, guys. You are all winners. Big winners. And, yeah, big and winners. And that one. Yeah. You know Bjork. Um, I did get some feedback from Gary Heather about this particular song. Uh-huh. He says, it takes a brave man to take on It's All So Quiet. Especially if you're attacking the Bjork, the Bjork version, which I was. I was attacking it. I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> of course, Bjork didn't get there first. It's been covered several times, but for the win, I will port, point you towards the 1951 Betty Hutton original that was actually a B-side in itself and was a cover of the 1948 German song Unjetzt in Still by Horst Winter. I'll get my coat. 
Gary's so. like Casey Kasem. Yeah, he is. He's spinning all the top. It, it, he's spinning all the hits. All the top hits. All the platters. 48 Dusseldorf. Aaron, this week I've got a new song. Okay. Ah. Uh, if you know... Is it going to be more obscure than the Bjork? If, if you know this song, you can send me an email at feedback at amigospodcast.com. See right there on the screen. Or john at amigospodcast.com. It all goes to the same Or how place. about a new email address? Just simply bjerk. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's, 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 oh. Man, I just I can't get over it. It's so clever. So, <laughs> I'm the first person to ever make that joke. <laughs> ever. Here we go. <clears throat> Reflection, Simon Ledge. Cap'n Crispy, Kilobytes and Caffeine, Mike W. Deckard, Threepwood, Gary Heather, Free Lunch, Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobster, Minato Craig, McClellan, Tin Minute, Amiga, Retrocast, Counting Virtual Sheep, Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Letter, ah, Rob O'Hara, Howard Nims, Matthew Lara, Moore, Andy Craig, Sean Zoe, ah, Darren Lomax, ah, Colin419, Bark Bit, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, John Cook, Leaf, Killon, Alan Kebab, Chekhov Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRocha, Creepy Dead Boy, Figgy CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sorgord, Mortensen, Edmund Helden, Brindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi, Abby Chris Falls, Strip Catch a Lower Juru, Graham Vepke, Lane Dancing, About His Bed, About About His Bed, O'Brien's Red, Red Vintage, Gary, Hucker Bracey, Brian Joan, Paul Harrington, what the hell was that? Duncan Styles, Tapes from Crypt, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy, Humberstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Recalls, Jason Warns, Pixels at Dawn, and Kilbjorn Barman. My God. That's got to be some more college music. It's definitely straight out of, straight out of college. You know, before you wind this sucker up, as you so aptly do, we had, by we, I mean me, had a slight ARG discharge issue this week. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Unle- Happens to lots of guys. You know, we decided to unleash all of our, you know, there it is. Now you've got me using the word. We unleashed all of our old ARG live episodes. However, I didn't realize they were going to flood everyone on Earth with ARG live episodes to beat the band. So if you're on a YouTube channel, subscriber, I personally apologize for flooding your uh, your subscriber box, the crap one of ARG Lives. Uh, sorry about that. It's uh, I'll put ignorance. I didn't know what I was doing. Aaron, next week, it's public domination. Oh, no. Public domania. Seven. Holy Seven. Are you kidding me? Almost as many as there are WrestleMania. How is that possible? It's Arcady Classics. Ooh, Arcady. What's that? There's a lot of subtitles here. To what a I'm afraid to hear the rest of this. Wormtris and Megaball AGA. Wormtris? Wormtris. Like Tetris with worms? Hey, man. Maybe. What's, what's the other one? 
Mega Ball AGA. Man, Mega Ball. When they put AGA in the title, you know you're gonna hate it. <laughs> you know it was marketed to. Uh, it's got ten button support mode. Yeah, I just I just plunk down four thousand dollars on a new AGA machine and I'll buy anything. Just give me Mega AGI Ball. title. Yep. Listen, who could turn that down? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So looking forward to that. Want to, again, thank the Amigos Game Selection Committee for Good job. Uh, selecting these games for us. Uh, you guys are awesome. Mm-hmm, indeed. All right, Aaron. Until next week, keep on playing the Amiga. Oh, one more thing, if you're still listening. Uh, what? T- what do you think they already shut it off? They shut it off before the Patreon. Probably song. before here the... We, yeah, here, oh, boy, I would. Holy moly. Um if, if you are still listening and you're interested in getting even more Boat and Aaron in your life... And uh, less singing. We hopefully. are uh, starting the very first episode of our newest show on the Amigos Gaming Network. You can see here on the screen the Amigos Record Gaming Family of Podcasts, The Coco Show, a podcast all about the TRS-80 Pandy color computer. Um, or Dragon 32. Or Dragon 32. Uh, we'll be doing this uh, once a month. Just uh, sort of a uh, an, an occasional show, unless things really go crazy, eight bonkers on the Patreon. It had to be done, but it's a it show did. that had to be made. It did. It did. So, it's a guilty uh, pleasure. Make sure you, you check that out if you're at all interested. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. And, of course, ARG Presents and Iris Sinclair rounding out the week. Once One day, Aaron, we'll have uh, enough shows the, every day of the week. No. You can listen to us no. blather on. No, no, no. This is it. No more shows. I haven't pitched you on my Game no. Boy Color idea yet. No, I already heard your wrestling show idea. That one's bad <laughs> enough. Game Boy Color. Whoosh. No. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Adios. Adios.